Bibles, uh, turn to Luke chapter 4, and uh, I, I spoke on uh, Isaiah chapter 61 last week, and I'm going to piggyback off of that, but I'm going to go to Luke chapter 4, and I'm going to uh, uh, read it out of um, the New Testament, and uh, some of you know this very thing was in uh, Isaiah chapter 61, and uh, the story here in Luke goes that after Jesus uh, had been um, baptized, he went out into the wilderness, and he uh, was tempted by the devil three times, and then after that, Luke, in Luke's gospel, he goes straight to uh, Nazareth, his hometown, and in the process of going to his hometown, he goes to the synagogue, and when they would go to the synagogue, they would pull out scrolls. Uh, they didn't have Bibles like we do, but they would pull out scrolls, and they would read them, and the one that Jesus had that day was Isaiah 61, and, and he, he quotes this uh, Scripture, and I'll read it to you. This is what it says. This is him reading it in Luke um, chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. He says this. This is uh, straight out of Isaiah 2. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Everyone said, He has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen? I like this. And Jesus would uh, read that scroll and he would roll it up and put it down and he would sit down. And they all looked at him and he said, oh yeah, just so you know, uh, this has been fulfilled today in your hearing, this bit of scripture. And then they really looked at him and thought, who is this guy and why is he saying this? And they they begin to say, isn't this Jesus uh, of Nazareth? Isn't this Joseph's son? Is this the guy that's saying that he is the Messiah, that he is, that God is upon him? And so Jesus, what he does there is he is boldly declaring that he was the Messiah. How many know that Jesus was the Messiah? And Messiah is simply this. He is the anointed one, okay? The anointed one. And, and, and it's impossible to talk about Jesus being anointed without discussing what was he anointed with? Have you ever thought about that? We say that a lot. Jesus is anointed, but what is he anointed with? And, and so Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit, amen, come on somebody, to accomplish his purpose and his will. And the good news for believers today is that anointing continues to function as it did during the time Jesus walked on this earth. And every miracle, everyone say every miracle. Everyone say every healing. And every life change is a result of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so we have to understand that. So, And the Holy Spirit was upon Jesus. And the same anointing works today to provide supernatural remedy to longstanding issues. Amen? And practical issues and impossible issues in our lives. You know, I said this last week, and this is kind of going to be my theme today. And just as simple as it is. You know, and, and uh, it, it simply is this. There are things we cannot do apart from God. Amen. And there are things God will not do apart from us. But look at this. When our natural connects with God's super, we will experience the supernatural. All right. That, that, that is a powerful statement. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word today, God. I, I pray, Lord, that you would be with me, God. I pray, Lord, that I would be an oracle of you today. Lord, let the words of my heart uh, that come forth be nothing more than what you have given me, God. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me, God, your, your messenger today, 
God, I pray, Lord, that those who are bound would be freed. Those who are sick would be healed. And God, we declare this in your name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, wake up. All right, I just want to make sure you guys are awake. I want to just kind of talk to you on this, and, and, and I guess you could call this a series. I don't know. I'm not good at that. Uh, but, but you could call this uh, a series, There Is Still Hope. But this is what I want to talk to you about right here is walk it out. Everyone say walk it out. Now, some of you went to a song just like that. But I'll let you, you people need to listen to more, more Christian music. All right. But look, so, so walk it out. Everyone say walk it out again. We are called to walk this journey out in our lives as believers. Everybody in here is called to walk this thing out. Um, this, there's a, this hope and this purpose and this mission. Every day we are to get up and we are to walk this thing out. And we don't just do it on Sundays. Come on, somebody. Guess what? Tomorrow morning when you get up, the alarm goes off and you get ready to go about your day and you're about to go to work. When you get up and you go, you are about to walk out the mission that God has called you for for that day. If you'll change your perspective to realize that every day is a mission, every meal is a mission, every time I go to Walmart is a mission. Boy, that's, that's not a lie, really. But every time I go to the grocery store, I have a mission, and that mission in my life is to let somebody know about the hope of Jesus in me. Amen? Uh, boy, that's good, man. For the four people that are with me, I'll, I'll keep going, all right? So, so we have to continue walking out, and, and we can't be weary in well-doing because the Scripture tells us that in due season we will reap it, what if we faint not. And so when we walk this out, sometimes we get a little bit tired, right? But let me tell you something. How many know that God will give you all that you need to accomplish what he has for you? Okay. For the, for man, some of you got it. Some of you didn't. God will give you all that you need to accomplish what he wants to do in your life. Can I tell you something? You lack nothing. You lack nothing because I serve a God who has all the resources in the world. I serve a God who has all the power in the world. And listen, he can give to you to accomplish his will and his plan for your life. Amen? Man, I, I'm going somewhere with this today. I, I remember one time when I, when I was running track back in high school. I don't run track anymore. But back in high school when I was running track, I was a short-distant runner. All right? How many short-distant runners are there? All right, so I like to go as fast as I could, as short as I could. Well, one day at track practice, I thought we were going to go out. I did, the, I did the 4 by 100. How many know what I'm talking about? I did that 100-yard dash. I did the 4 by one, uh, 400, which is one lap around the track. Don't push me too much more than that. The, the, I did the 200-meter race. I did all those short races. Well, one day at track, uh, I don't know what was wrong with my coach. He was also the long-distance coach, but during track track in the spring versus long distance which was usually in the fall he one day in the spring we got to track practice he said everyone stretch today we're going on a long distance run and i thought uh-uh i'm not designed for that i'm designed for speed as you can tell right and that's not my my purpose and 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 i don't want to do this and and you know some of the guys who were long distance runners in the fall and the spring they're like oh come on don't be a baby and i'm like listen i can run fast i don't like to run long 
And, and in this process, I remember we were running, and it, what felt like 10 miles, it was probably only three, but, but it, what felt like 10 miles, I was running. And, and the good thing about my coach, this was awesome. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pace you guys, and I'm going to be the last guy. And as we're running, you cannot get behind me. How many know that Jesus will always be with you? He'll never let you fail. And you may be going slow, but he's there encouraging you. And so I remember he would just kind of do this jog. You know, and, and, and we were going along, and I kept thinking, man, I, I want to quit. I want to stop. I want to I run really fast and get around the corner so he can't see me so I can walk. Come on, somebody, right? And, and, and I had all these things, and one of the things he said is this. He goes, every step that you take, you're one step closer to where you need to be. He goes, you want to get back to the school? Take it one step at a time. And that resonated with me. You know what? And I just thought, I'm going to kick it in gear, and I'm going to get back to the school so I can go to the locker room and go home. All right? And, and so, and so I, I did that. But what, what sometimes things that seem impossible, you know, uh, people have said this. How do you eat an elephant? I don't know why you would eat an elephant, but we hear that statement, right? People say that. How do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. Right? How do you eat an elephant? Just one bite at a time. It's big. You know what? Process sometimes takes time. And this journey uh, with Jesus Christ is a one-step journey at a time. Listen, man, the end goal may seem like a long ways. I have not arrived. I am not there. But listen, if you'll put one step in front of the other and Jesus is nudging you along and he's saying, come on, just one more step. Come on, just one more step. You are going to get where God wants you to. You're going to accomplish what God wants you to. Come on. Can I get the church to say amen to that? Amen. So, so it, it's interesting. The, the, the scripture uh, uh, says this, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Amen. And, and, and because of Jesus, listen, because of Jesus, uh, we are connected to Jesus when we invite him into our heart. Because of Jesus, we can walk in a, a, an anointing and the appointment that God has for our lives. Amen. Come on, say, if, if you're with me, say, I'm with you, Pastor. All right, good, good. I'm with you, Pastor. So, so this is what I want to talk about right here. And these, this is going to be really simple today uh, because I am a simple person. I'm going to do it as quick as I can. Here's number one. He has anointed me. Listen to me, Cornerstone. God has anointed you. God has anointed some of you saying, boy, I'm not worthy of anointing. None of us are worthy of anointing. But listen to me. Because of your relationship with Jesus Christ, he has anointing. So I, I talked about this a little bit last week. Anointing in Isaiah means to smear oil on. Boy, I wish I would have brought White up here and put oil all over him. Man, I didn't think about that. It's not too late. There's oil right here. Come on, White. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It means to smear oil on, and I talked about this, to consecrate, to make, or to, to declare sacred for the work of the Lord. Do you know that God has called you for the work of the Lord? God has called you to do things that are even beyond your own scope. It's amazing to me. But listen, in Luke chapter 4, anointed one, or anointed means to give the necessary powers for his purpose. So God will anoint you. He'll give you what you need to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in your life. 
Some of you have listened to the devil long enough and listened to the lies of the enemy say, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you could never talk, you could never speak in front of people, you could never testify in front of people. Can I tell you something? God has anointed you to share the message of, of hope that is in you. So look at this. Here in Luke 4, it, 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 you know, it talks about uh, the necessary powers for, for his purpose, capital H, his purpose, not mine. But according to, to Luke 4, the purpose of the anointing is twofold. Now stick with me for a second. It's twofold. Number one, it's to preach so that the personal understanding and faith comes to the hearers. All right? That's, that's what we're doing right here. When you hear the word of God, faith comes by what? And hearing what? The word of God. Man, and this is what we do when we come together corporately. You're hearing the word of God and your faith is being built up or it should be built, being built up in this house. The second thing is to bring to manifestation what has been proclaimed and what God has said about your life. So there is, there is no faith without the preaching of the word and there is no manifestation of what has been preached without faith. Do you see the correlation there? I know that's a, I said a lot right there. The anointing is the key to both our faith and the results of our faith. So it takes the anointing. Everyone say it takes the anointing oil. You know, I love this bit of scripture, 2 Peter 1.3. Uh, it, it says this, and I, I've got this in the, uh, this is the NLT version, but I actually have it in the uh, uh, NLV, uh, the New Living Version. It's a little bit different, but it says this. He gives us everything we need for life and for holy living. Okay, he gives us what? He gives us what? He gives us what? Everything. Everything we need for life and for holy living. Some of you say, I can't live a holy life. Take it up with Peter. He gives, he gives it through his great power. What is that power? Everyone, through the anointing, through the Holy Spirit. As we come to know him better, we learn that he called us to do, here's our purpose, uh, called us to share his own shining greatness and perfect life. So this is a process. There's an anointing and there's an appointing. Amen. Listen to me, Cornerstone. There's an anointing on you and there is an appointing on you. Okay. We're going to talk about that today. So this verse tells us a few things. Listen to me. Listen to me, body of Christ. We can live a holy life above the reproach of sin. Shout me down, somebody. The things that got you hung up, God has given you the ability to overcome those things. Why? Listen, you have the word of God. You have prayer. You have church people. And you got a family here that will keep you accountable. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the anointing of the Holy Spirit to speak to you. When you're about to make a bad decision, the Holy Spirit says, ah, 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 stop. And you go, hmm. I, I better not do that, Lord. I better not say that. Come on, somebody. How many know you need the Holy Spirit to get a hold of your tongue sometimes? Come on. And, and, and here's the thing. As we grow in him, we are called to share this hope that lives within us. Let me ask you a loaded question. When was the last time you shared the hope of Jesus that is in you? Man, 
Amen. God help us. Amen. God help us. See, we have to be on mission. Here's the thing. We, we come, and I, listen, there's edification that happens here in the body of Christ. But church exists to equip you and to send you to, do, to spread the message of Jesus Christ. You come in here, God fills you up so you can get to overflowing. And then you go out to the world, and you begin to tell people about this overflowing power that is in you. And you begin to tell them about the message of Jesus Christ. So the anointing is almost always, in, in Scripture, almost always speaks of oil. I love this bit of Scripture. In Psalm 133, it talks about the anointing oil running down the beard of Aaron from his head down to the bottom of his feet. And you know what that Scripture says at the end of that chapter? It says, there, at, at, at where the anointing oil is, there is where the Lord blesses. How many want to be in the blessing of the Lord? You got to be where the anointing is. Amen. I love this. Isaiah 10, 27. If you go back into, into the Old Testament, Isaiah 10, 27 tells us that the anointing breaks what? The yoke of bondage. The anointing is powerful. And, and the yoke is a device that it would attach two animals or oxen to pull a wagon or a piece of uh, equipment. And, 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 and its connotations, when we look at it in Scripture, uh, it's like carrying a burden. And sometimes... Uh, a burden is heavy, but how many know that Jesus said, my burden is easy, my burden is light, and God wants to break the yoke of bondage that's got you burdened down. Let me give you some examples. Listen to me. I don't care how many drugs you are on, the anointing still works. And I don't care uh, what you think, uh, you know, uh, about, you know, church legalism and things, the anointing still works and sets free. Come on, somebody. It does uh, what it's supposed to do. It sets the captive free. Everyone say, hey, let's set the captive free, Lord. Amen. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. I, 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 man, there's something about fresh oil. And, and, and the story of the widow, you know, when, 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 when the prophet came and she gave the last bit of oil to, to him. And what did God do? God sustained her and he gave her fresh oil and he gave her more than enough. Listen to me. You know why God pours into you? So you can give out. You know why you come in here? You get filled up so you can give out. So you can go and you can spread the message of Jesus Christ. I love this. So fresh oil. How many would say this? How many would be honest and say, I need a fresh touch of, of oil today from the Lord. I need a fresh anointing in my life. I need, I need something. Uh, I just need the Lord to just wrap his loving arms around me. Let me give you an example right here. Man, I, I don't know. If you use the same frying oil over and over and over and over, man, Man, Bev, you know, it gets rancid, right? It starts to stink. Or if you cook fish in oil, that's some, some stinky fish, and then you go to put, like, French fries in it, then all of your French fries taste like fish, right? Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you are with me. But here's the thing. This is what I'm going to tell you. Listen to me. Listen to my heart. Some of you are operating in oil that is old, and some of you need to get where God is at and where God is going and stop focusing on where God has been and say, God, I need some fresh oil in my life today. Some of you are living off of yesterday's miracles, and God's got something new for you today. Amen? God has called his church to be anointed with fresh oil for this day and for this time. Here's the thing. I, I, I just want to say this. We don't ask for fresh oil just so God can move in us. The purpose that God would move in us 
so that we would tell a dying and a hurting world of the hope of Jesus Christ. Listen, listen, so we get off mission. Sometimes we're so selfish, we make it about us. Thank you, Lord, that was the greatest service ever. Well, what are you doing with it when you leave this building? Who are you telling about Jesus? Who are you telling about the transformation that happened in your life? I, I want to show you something. In John chapter 11, we see the story of Lazarus, which is really one of my, my favorite stories in the Bible. I love this. And Lazarus was Jesus' dear friend, right? And, and, and you see Jesus and, and the disciples stopping there at, at Lazarus and Mary and Martha's home several times as they're passing through. It was just like, a, it was like the, uh, the love's truck stop. They knew they could stop there. They were going to go in and get refreshed and, and move on. But, but they, they were friends is what the scripture says. And it says that uh, Mary and Martha called on Jesus who was in Jerusalem to come to Bethany. And here's the thing. Bethany is only two miles from Jerusalem. Two miles. How many know that's not very far? Some of you say that's really far. That's far when you're running, I can tell you that. But it, it's not, not really that far. And they, they called for Jesus. Hey, hey, Lazarus is sick. Can you come? And the Bible tells us this, that Jesus just kind of chilled in Jerusalem. He was just laying low. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't move. He wasn't, he wasn't shaken by what was going on. And this is interesting because I begin to think about this. When we panic about things, Jesus doesn't panic about things. Man, this is a mess. I don't know what I'm going to do. Jesus like, calm down. Be the voice of reasoning right now. I need you to calm down. And then so Jesus then, he goes to Bethany, and he's four days after uh, Lazarus had been dead. And Martha, you know, she comes out, and she meets him, and she said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died, right? You know that story, and Jesus says, hey, he will live again. He tells her right there, hey, he will live again. How many know when Jesus says something, you can take it to the bank? And says, he, he will live again. And she says, oh, I know he will live again in the resurrection, you know. And, and, and with, the, with anointing and power, Jesus looks at her in John chapter 11, verse 25. He says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. I am those things. Do you see that authority? Do you see the anointing in Jesus? And he says this, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. That's a powerful bit of scripture right there. The scripture says this, that he weeps, and, and they remove the stone, and, and Martha says, Lord, man, by now he stinketh, Lord. Four days dead, he, he stinks by now. Man, I don't know what you're, what you're up to, and I don't know why you're, why you're doing this, but Lord, he, he stinks. And I'm here to tell you that there is an anointing in Jesus Christ that can call dead things to life. Things that you think stink Things that you think have no hope, God can speak to those things. I said that a little bit earlier. I didn't even realize, uh, you know, that God, God is telling somebody in this house, things that are dead are going to come to life. And I'm here to tell you there is an anointing that Jesus can speak life into your dreams, and speak life into your marriage, and speak life into your situation, even the things that stink. But look at this. Jesus does the super. Amen? How many know Jesus does the super? I love this. This is, this is beautiful. John chapter 11 verse 41 says this. So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, I love this bit of scripture because Jesus is there. 
Jesus could have thought Lazarus out if he wanted to, but he's got this moment, and he lifted up his eyes, and he says this. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Verse 42, I knew that you always hear me. Amen. How many know that the Lord always hears you? But I said on this account of these people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. Okay, here's my purpose. I, I'm anointed to do this, but, but here's my purpose so they understand who I am. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, come out. And Jesus does the super. He does the miraculous, the impossible, and calls Lazarus, who was formerly dead, back to life. Lazarus, who had just lost his social security number, just got it back. And Lazarus had to tear up his death certificate. I don't know, do you get a new birth certificate when that happens? I don't know how that works. But Jesus... Always does the heavy lifting. Listen to me, people. Jesus always does the heavy lifting. The only thing we have to do is be obedient in the process. Jesus does the heavy lifting, and he is the God of the impossible. Do you believe that? And we have to trust him. And his anointing is so powerful that not even death can stop it. Think about that. Not even death can stop what God can do. So he, Jesus does the super. Everyone say, Jesus does the super. And this is what happens. They do the natural. It sounds like a, like a Whole Foods thing, right? They do the natural, right? Look at this. John eleven forty four 44 says, The man who died came out. His hands and feet were bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to, to them, Who did Jesus say this to? Unbi unbound him and let him go. I mean, I mean, picture this. Lazarus just kind of like popping out of the grave. I don't know what it looked like. He's bound, so I'm sure, he, I mean, maybe he did the worm out. I don't know. That would have been amazing. <laughs> Man, I'll never see Lazarus the same ever again now. He's like, Ooh. But he comes out. And look, Jesus did the super, but look, those around him, he, he tells them, go unbound him. The grave clothes that are on him, he, he's, he's back to life. I need you guys to get your hands dirty. I need you guys to do something in this moment. Jesus does the super. We have to do the natural. Look at this. Uh, I love this. We, we see people, uh, they go and they start unloosing Lazarus from grave clothes. And, and three, there's three things I need you to know about the anointing right here. You can write these down if you want. When God says to do it, you can count on his anointing. When God calls you to do something, he's got your back. He says, step out in faith. When he tells you, go on a missions trip, he's got your back. Amen? Here's another thing. God's anointing makes the impossible possible. Doesn't matter what you see with your eyes, God can make the impossible possible. Come on, somebody say amen. And here's the other thing. God anoints your life to bless others. I love what Jesus does here. He empowers those around him. Hey, uh, unloose him. Unloose him. Take those things off of him. You can listen to me, Cornerstone. We are called with an anointing to do the work of the Lord. Amen? And this is all it takes. We just have to be obedient to his will. We got to do what we know to do in the natural, okay? We got to move in ways that we know to do in the natural. Well, that means praying. That means, that means going out and telling people about Jesus. And watch God do the supernatural.
You want to see your child or, or your spouse turn around? How about this? In the natural, why don't you start praying for them? Why don't you start fasting for them? Come on, somebody. Why don't you love them like Christ loves them and watch God do the super? See, see, we'll start seeing the supernatural when we start walking in, in the divine anointing of the Lord. So, uh, and it's, listen to me, it's not for our glory, it's for his glory. Everyone say it's for his glory. All right. Everyone say this. I, I, I just want to do this. Raise your hand. Raise your hand right now. Everyone raise your hand. God, I pray for a fresh anointing on this house right now. God, I pray for a fresh wind on this house. God, let, let there be a fresh oil begin to just pour into lives in this house. God, let the natural, God, the things that we do become supernatural in Jesus' name by his anointing. Amen. Do you receive that today? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We have to walk this anointing out. It's one step at a time. Say, boy, this is heavy. You got to be like my coach. TJ, put one foot in front of the other. Every day. It's a new day. I'm going, I'm going in. Here's, here's number two. Uh, he has appointed me. Everyone say, he has appointed me. Jesus was anointed, but he was also appointed in Luke chapter 4. There's an appointment here. He, he understands. How many, of you, how many of you love to go to the doctor and you make an appointment and they're 45 minutes behind? Yeah, it happens sometimes. It's all right, right? But there is an appointment. Look at this. Verse 19 of Luke chapter 4 says this, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Let me say that again. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What does that mean? Jesus on that day is saying this. This is the day of salvation. My ministry is about to start and things are about to change. Another way that we could say this is this is the year that Jesus redeemed. And some scholars believe that when he said this was the year of Jubilee. And if you know anything about history, every 50 years in, in Hebrew culture, all debts were forgiven and all things were forgiven. Slaves were released and land was given back to its original family after 50 years. And things were made right. Listen to me. When Jesus got on the scene, it was a new start. It was a new beginning. It was an appointment and it was a time. Jesus offers a total cancellation of spiritual debts and new beginnings to those who respond to his message. And that's what he's saying right here, this declaration right here. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This it's, it's, it's about to happen. How many are free? It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. Appointed. Uh, this, the definition of appointed is this. A time or a place decided on beforehand and designated. Oh, did you know that you're appointed? That God has designed and appointed you for a time and a place and a purpose to accomplish his will? We forget that so often, man. Sometimes we just think we're just floating through life. But God's got a reason behind it. Look at this. Jesus was appointed to come when he came. You know, when Jesus came, he fulfilled over 300 uh, Bible prophecies it, just by coming when he did. 
He was appointed for that moment. Look at this. I want to talk to you about appointment. Mordecai told Esther, perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. Hey, you know what she did? She became queen, and God saved Israel because of her boldness. You know the story right there. How about this? The Lord told Jeremiah in chapter 1, verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I, what, appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah, I've got a time, I've got a place, and I've got a mission for you. You are appointed. You say, oh, well, that's good for them, TJ. That's not me. I'm not Jeremiah. I'm not Esther. That's not me. But let me give you some New Testament verses to kind of help you out. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. That's you. That's me. That's us, Cornerstone. Look at this. John chapter 15, verse 6 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And what? And what? Pointed you that you should go and what? Bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. What am I trying to convey? What, what am I trying to say today? That you are appointed for this time, this place, and this moment. And when you're appointed for such a time as this, or a certain time, we must give God our natural and let him do the super. And we will see him do the supernatural. How many are ready to see God do the supernatural? Are you with me today? Are you with me today? Listen, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting story. I'm going to ask the worship team to, to come. Uh, there's, uh, uh, in the four Gospels, there, it's mentioned four times there's a paralytic man, and he needs a touch. And I love this story. This is one of the first messages I ever preached in church was out of this passage. And, um, and all the Gospels mention it. John mentions it the least just kind of, kind of quickly. But, but this story of this paralytic man, they... They, his friends take him, and they're trying to get him to Jesus. I love this. They're trying to get them to Jesus. And, and they know that if they can get their friend to Jesus, that their friend can be healed and that their friend can be changed. And in the process of trying to get to Jesus, Jesus is, is teaching there in the room, and, and they can't get in the room. They can't get in the room. You know, some of us would quit and get discouraged and say, I, I, can't, get, I can't get my people to Jesus. I've been trying to get them to Jesus, but they would quit. No, not these people. They're like, hey, let's just get him up on the roof, and then we'll just drop him down. This is amazing to me. So they get up on the roof, and they pull the tiles back on the roof, and they lower this paralytic man down to Jesus. How many know that that is faith? They don't even know if Jesus is going to answer their prayer or not, but they're, you know, Jesus just teaching, and all of a sudden, you know. Interesting, right? And they wouldn't stop, and they climbed the roof, and they, they got there, and, and they lowered the man down to where Jesus was. And listen to me. It's our job, and it's our appointment, church, to lead people to where Jesus is. Now, that appointment, you won't do it without the anointing. You can't do it in your own power. It takes the anointing. Listen to me. Their faith wouldn't stop until they, until they got the man to Jesus. And, and I love this because these, can you tell me any of their names? There isn't nobody in, in there that, that doesn't say John and, and, and Jenny and Greg. And, no, it doesn't give you their names. But let me tell you something. Their names are not there, but their actions still are. All four of the Gospels mention this story. And 2,000 years later, here I am talking about 
the faith of these people, of their appointments. Like, I, we don't know what else to do, but we got to get our friend to Jesus because he needs healed and he needs saved. They do the natural and Jesus does the super that day. And all, all the glory belongs to Jesus. And I, I love that. Sometimes, you know what? We just need to get our name off of it and say, hey, glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus, for saving people. Glory to you, Jesus, for healing people. We don't, we don't know their names, but we do know this, that they are a shining example of what it means getting people to Jesus. They were appointed for that time to drop a man down so he could hear the story of how Christ not only healed him, but he forgave his sins. I mean, how many know that story? Listen to me. God takes our natural and he makes it super. I'll give you an example. You guys can play. It took, it took a boy in the natural giving two fish and five loaves, right? It took a boy giving his lunch one day. I don't have anything else to give, but there was a need. What do we got, disciples? What can we do? And there's a boy. It's like, hey, can I have your, I'm going to take your lunch. Can I have your lunch? Can I borrow your lunch? Jesus took what was natural that day, and he turned it into the super. Fed the 5,000. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Here's another story. It takes a, a man building an ark in the natural. For many, many, many years, he builds this ark. God does the super. God sustains his family. Amen? How about this? We... We, we, do the, we do the natural. God does the super. It takes a shepherd boy using his sling in the natural. God slays a giant, and God defeats the Philistines because of David's natural. God does the super. Amen? It took the children of Israel marching around and obedient to the Lord, doing the natural thing. God did what? The supernatural. I love this. Cornerstone, listen to me. Listen to me. There is an anointing and there is an appointment for this body in 2023. There is an anointing and there is an appointment. I say all that. I know. I know. I've said a lot today. I say all that to tell you, buckle up. Buckle up. If you want fresh oil, buckle up because it's coming. It's coming. This is our time. This is our place. And we say, Lord, here we are. Send us. Whatever you need us to do, Lord, we'll do it. God, if you tell us to go do whatever, Lord, you will provide the resources. God, if you tell us to do this, God, you will, you will make things right. God, you, your appointment is right. And we walk in the appointment of God's place and timing. Amen. So, so here's what I need you to know. This is what I need you to know. We have to walk this out every day. Listen to me. You may feel the presence of God today, but I promise you, and maybe in a few days, you may be like, I don't feel like walking this out. Amen. Anybody, am I being real to anybody? But you got to walk it out, and it takes obedience to God's plan and God's will to accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. That means you're going to have to say, I, I put myself to the side. I put my agenda to the side. God, I want to walk in your anointing. God, I want to walk in the appointment that you have for my life. 
See, Cornerstone, we're anointed to carry and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. We're called to be the anointed and to pull the burial clothes off of lives. God will do the super. He'll set them here. But listen, it'll be some work on our part. Man, we're going to have to spend some time with some people. We're going to have to disciple some people. We're going to have to tell them, hey, this will help you live right. This will help you. This, these are some resources. We're going to have to get our hands dirty. We are anointed to pray for the sick and they be healed. Come on, somebody say amen. We are anointed to proclaim liberty to the captive and pray and their bondages be broken in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. Listen to me. Cornerstone, we are appointed. We have been called for such a time as this, for this place. I don't know. The world's crazy right now. God has put enough in you to help you to do what he wants you to do. Amen. Do you believe that he can provide for you? Do you believe his timing is right? Amen. Listen to me, young people. I won't give up on you. God has an appointment for you. God has put in you the things that you need to do to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to tell people about Jesus. Listen, you lead the way in this church. You lead the way. Tell people about Jesus and tell the hope that is in you. There's an anointing and there's an appointing. This is what I'm going to do today. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus. No heads bowed, no eyes closed. I know, awkward, right? If you don't know Jesus, these altars are open right now. I'm going to give you an invitation. You don't know Jesus. You want to come to know him. I, I, I have to do this at this point. Listen, come on, just come. Just come if you're here. I'm, I'm, and we're not doing this as a spectacle, I promise you. I'm not doing this to call you out. But you feel the anointing. You feel the what you feel in your heart. That's the anointing. You feel that conviction in your heart, that thing turning. That's the anointing saying, come. Come, that's the Holy Spirit drawing you. Come on, come if you're here. Come on. Okay, this is what I want to do. I'll make it easy on you. Maybe, maybe you, maybe you're a little nervous to do that. Maybe you're you're thinking in your head, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. This is what I want to do. If you're here, Cornerstone, listen to me. This is this is a <laughs> this is a missional message. This is a missional moment for us. Listen to me. If you're here, you say, hey, Pastor. I'm anointed. I know I'm supposed to be doing these things, and I, I need a fresh anointing on my life. If that's you, if that's you, say, hey, I need a fresh anointing, and I need God to speak to me about the appointment that he has for me. If that's you, come on, come on, come on, church, come on, come on, respond today. Respond to him today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, respond today in this house. Listen. We are to be missional. There's an anointing and there's an appointing. You got to walk this thing out. You got to walk this thing out every day. Listen to me. You can't do it in your own power. You can't do it in your own might. It's going to take him and him only. Listen to me. Don't fight. Don't sit in your seat and fight that. Just respond. Be obedient to the Lord. Come on. Come on. Come on, just begin to pray right here. God, we need a fresh anointing in this house. If you're, if you're out in the crowd, just stand with me. If you're there, say, hey, I need a fresh anointing. I need a fresh anointing. God, would you just give us a fresh feeling today of your presence, of your oil, God. The things of the past, the oil of the past. God, we, God, it may need to be cleared out, but God, fresh anointing, God. A fresh anointing on this house, God, upon these believers, God. God, a fresh appointment, God, of the mission that you've called us to. God, we seek you with all of our heart, Lord. We say, God, use me how you see fit. God, use me, Lord, to spread the gospel. You say, I'm not good enough. God will make up the difference. He's given you all that you need to succeed. 
He's put it in you. It's around you. You can live above sin. You can live a holy life. Come on, begin to worship Him. We worship you, Jesus.